Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Hey, Nuggets Nation, you're listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Now, here's your hosts, the Denver Stiffs. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Mikosh with Denver Stiffs. Welcome back once again. Today we are joined, first off, from uh, from just down the road in Colorado Springs, Mr. Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's happening, buddy? Not much. There's no cops outside my apartment, so everything's good. <laughs> That's right. And then also from, um, we're not quite sure exactly uh, the neighborhood but uh, from rougher parts of Dallas, Mr. Evan Fiala. Evan, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, the sirens have passed, so I think everything's okay by me. As long as they're coming for you, man, everything's good, right? Yeah, so I'm I'm good. My neighborhood's safe, I think. <laughs> I said I was say if uh, you know if the next thing we hear over the over the call is just your door being kicked in and you know people yelling freeze. At you, we're uh, we're just gonna roll with it. We'll just say it's all planned part of this podcast. I'll just I'll just turn my microphone off, and you guys can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting back to Evan shortly. All right. Um, well, tell you what, guys. So it's uh, we were just saying this before when we were talking about it before we hopped on the pod. It's, it's kind of a, again, once again, a slow week uh, for the Nuggets. There's not just not a lot going on. Gordon, you were pointing out pretty much everybody's out on uh out on summer vacation. I guess is what you would call it. Well, I mean, you got um, Wancho out there, uh, uh, out with Embiid, hanging out with, yep, and Ronaldo, right? Yeah, they're having a good time. They're playing with them, playing soccer on the field. Yeah, good for Wancho, yeah. man. Good for Wancho. So, um, but there's a little bit, there's a little bit of stuff going on. So we'll uh, we'll go through some, uh, basically, you know, some Nuggets odds and ends. Uh, we'll talk some Danilo Gallinari. Of course, he's uh, he's getting ready to opt out of his contract. That's that's now finally official. We can finally actually. Say that uh, Arturis Karnasovas got a little little interest from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in their open GM position. We'll get into that, and then we got another draft of, or another batch of uh, pre-draft workouts coming coming up on Monday. So we'll talk about that, and then finally, of course, we'll get into the finals in Kevin Durant, and um, that'll be our show. So let's get into it. First, talk about Danilo Gallinari. So it's official now; he is going to opt out of his. Um, out of his contract, he has a player option for this season. That I think surprises no one. Yeah, nobody's you... surprised by that. Mm-mm. Right? Exactly. I think we. I've, I mean, we've been saying it from probably since the day he signed the contract. Right. That. Uh, he'll, oh yeah, he'll opt out there. So the thing is, of course, we, the the salary cap has is been growing the past couple of seasons. This is kind of the first season where it's really all right. The the growth is slowing down. It's not. A huge jump in money um, anymore. A lot of teams, a la the the Portland Trailblazers, have spent their cap space, so it's not quite as hyperactive of a free agent market as we've seen in these um, in the past couple of seasons. However, it's also not one of the deeper free agent classes that right. we've seen. So Gallo is actually a fairly highly highly ranked commodity. I mean, he's probably in in the top five free agents. Um, out there 
at least realistic free agents. I mean, there's some, I think we all know Kevin Durant and Steph Curry will still be with the Warriors uh, next season, so I don't really count guys like that. Do we know that? But, yeah, <laughs> we could, all right, all right, Evan, I want, I want to know, which one, which one of those two guys do you think would be more likely to opt out? No, I think they're both going to stay, but it'll be interesting, though, if they lose the finals, that could, uh, that could change some things, but. There's all that talk about about Steph going back to Charlotte, but I think that's just smoke in the wind, to be honest. No, they'd have to fire everybody in Charlotte. Oh, that's yeah, their yeah. their cap is already shot, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. You'd have to. Well, I mean, yeah, you have you'd have to give them Kemba, and, and then it would be it would have to be like some sort of sign and trade. And, yeah. Um, all right, scratch. Well, that. we could. Uh, that's funny though. We'll, uh, well, well, don't scratch it. We'll we'll kind of talk. Maybe we'll talk about that in the second half of the show when we're talking about. Uh, talking about a little bit about the Warriors. So, um, basically, the point is, Gallo's, Gallo stands to make a good amount of money. It stands to reason that somebody out there is going to offer him, maybe somebody like the Celtics, um, if, if they strike out on Gordon Hayward, they, somebody's going to offer him a, probably a decent contract. So, Gordon, I'll ask you first, how much money, if the Nuggets want to bring Gallo back, and there's they know that kind of offer might be out there, how much money would be too much in your mind um, to bring Gallo back? Uh, you have to figure Gallo's injury situation into everything that ever touches money with him. It, right. I mean, uh, from a playing standpoint, like his win shares per 48 are, are Carmelo Anthony's. They're the same. He is Carmelo Anthony. He just doesn't play nearly as many minutes ever in his whole career. So, right. you know, for 60 games, you know, a year, you're going to get Danilo, you know, but his his minutes, I mean, he's only played, what, 2,000 minutes, what, twice in the last eight years? You know, and we're all griping about how Nikola Jokic is brutally underused getting 2,000 minutes this year. Well, that's Max for Gallo. Max is only going to – he's only going to give you 2,000 minutes. So you can't pay full price for his skill set. I, I think if you're giving him anything more than about – um, I don't know Evan Turner's contract. So like four and seventy, four seventy-five. You can't give yeah. him more than eighteen million a year, really. Realistically, um, he doesn't play enough minutes for you to do that. You can't give him twenty-five million dollars a year if he's only going to suit up for fifty-five games. You just can't do it. Yeah, whew, twenty-five million. That would be, and that. <clears throat> but I mean, talent-wise, he's worth it. Like talent-wise. His skill set when he's on the floor is twenty plus million dollars easy. So the problem is who's going to pay for that and believe he's going to be healthier now than he's ever been. I just and with it with his decreased defensive capabilities from the knee injuries, like I just don't see it. So you got to keep it yeah. under twenty. You can't you cannot go over twenty million dollars a year with him. Evan, what's your thoughts on that? I'm pretty much in the same boat. I think anything over like seventeen or eighteen might be too much. Just not only just because of the injury stuff, but you want to save that money maybe for to pick someone up in free agency. You don't want to really hamper that. And in the future, when when guys like Jokic needs to be need to be paid, you want that money to be there for sure. Um, but yeah, like I definitely think he is worth it on the floor, and he he does add value to the team. But again, when he's not healthy, he's not worth it. So I I would hope that they do not pay him anything more than. 18 maybe 20 like gordon was saying anything over than that then over that it's way too much well now keep in mind like farid's contract was what he's like making 13 million a year um and that's about 17 million a year uh now with the new salary cap so farid's contract previously you know is equal to gallo's contract if he gets 17 he's worth that like i don't think there's any reason to think that he's not worth that much money um, but you've, you've got – because you need a backup if you're going to play him. We've been paying Wilson Chandler and Gallinari star money together combined because only one yeah. of them can ever take the court at the same time. So we're paying star money for a guy who's not doing star output because you cannot rely on Gallo to be there for 35 minutes a game, 80 games a year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and um... – uh, and we we saw they they even kind of tried that a little bit at the beginning of this year. I mean, coach played him a lot of minutes, and it just didn't 
Nope. And he ended up. He wore down by the end. Yep. Exactly. He just didn't make it. Um. So Gallo, I mean, he stands to make sixteen million if he were to opt in, which of course we know he's not going to do now. So. Uh, I'm with both of you guys. That is that is the Nuggets number. I think that they they I think that's right about where they would want to be. Just speculating. Um, 18 million is a little bit of extra money for for Gallo. It's a it's a, a, a number that I think makes them comfortable with them maybe going after Mason Plumley uh, or just bringing Mason Plumley back and uh, and and having um, enough enough wiggle room in the future as as you guys were alluding to to be able to sign sign the Nicole Jokic they also remember they also want to make an extension to Gary Harris this offseason so it'll be interesting how they want to make that work with what they're doing with Gallo and potentially with Plumlee as well well that's why we brought the why... back right I mean that's his job his job is to make that's that power his... cap work he is the money man that's right um you think Pete Pete D'Alessandro like wears a big chain with like a big money symbol. That's his... <laughs> I, I, if I was if I was the the salary cap guy, that's what I would absolutely do. Um, anyways, we'll get back on track here. Uh, so, I think we all. I mean, Gordon, like we said, we were talking before pod. This is kind of where we don't we don't want to go down this path, and you know, we we all know. I think, uh, or we've said on this pod multiple times. Actually, Evan, so what is your opinion? Do you think Gallo is coming back next season? I think he'll be back, yeah. Okay. I don't think he so, should. I, if I were him, I'd take the money from someone else and run. But yeah. I think he will be back. And I, Yeah, so I... I hope I it's not because Denver overpays him, but... Yeah. I'm, uh... So, yeah, I mean, like, and I'm, uh... I'm on the opposite side of that fence. I, we've said, we've talked about it a ton on the pod before. I, I think Gallo's gonna... I think Gallo is going to take the money with someone other than the uh, Nuggets and uh, Gordon. You obviously think he's going to be back. You said that a bunch of times. Well, I just I don't I don't know who else is going to pay him uh, what he wants in a comfortable situation. Like maybe Boston, if they don't get yeah. what they want. But I think Boston has Boston has other plans, in my opinion. Has um, anybody thought about maybe Brooklyn? Well, nobody knows Gallo, what Brooklyn's Gallo doing. Can go and, back and, to you know, New York. Fleming, and Fleming likes likes him and knows him. From the yeah. time coaching the offense here, that's what I'm saying. And Brooklyn has the cash, so they could absolutely yeah, do that. Cash. And it's it's and it's a big city, big market for Gallo. Yeah, yeah. And, and he loved New York, mean, where, he, where he, he used to live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never, I haven't, I don't wonder why that doesn't get more. Well, because nobody knows what the hell Brooklyn wants to do. Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. That's no one quite sure what's going on. I could see though when we when we just talked about that, I could see that man. I actually could because Brooklyn would pay him because Brooklyn does crazy shit like that. Um, and they have like eighty and, million dollars under the cap or whatever. It's not like they don't have the cash. Exactly, exactly. So, hmm. Um, so, Evan, let me ask you this though. So, well, you kind of like said. So, you really don't think that maybe the Nuggets? But it, I mean, if you can get him, if you can get Gallo for eighteen million dollars a season, let's say four years, eighteen million dollars a season, um, seventy-two million dollars total. Is that a deal? I mean, would you be happy if he came back for that price? Yeah. I think it would be do, worth it for that. I mean, because well, so here's my here's my thing about it is, what are you going to do with Wancho, Hernan Gomez then? Because they're they're essentially playing the exact same position, and I guess do you do you're you, going to play him thirty five games a year full time when Gallo's not available, man. Like, it's not like it's not like <laughs> yeah. Gallo's running out there for three thousand minutes a year. I mean, well, just, so maybe it's just me being a little bit biased because I'm a big time Wancho fan, but. To me, that's your that's your guy who's going to start potentially either at small forward or power forward, depending on where your roster's at. With you know, in terms of injuries, um, and just overall talent, and I think you we've talked about it before. This this you don't want to cannibalize your talent, um, your young talent, by eating up minutes with a guy like Gallo. Do you want to pay him eighteen million dollars a season to be? Potentially a guy coming off the bench because I think that's what you're looking at, especially at the back end of this contract. On the back end of his and, contract, I agree. Yeah, the back end of his contract, yeah. it would be he uh, Wancho should be starting. He should be coming off the bench in theory, assuming Wancho turns out to be what we all think he's going to be. Right, um, so, but I don't. Uh, this isn't a time where people aren't doing that, man. I mean, you're paying. 
um, Mozgov sixty million dollars a year not to play. You know, if I can get yeah. if I can get bench well, if I can get bench Carmelo Anthony and it keeps Gallo healthy for those couple of years, sure, absolutely, I don't care. I'm not paying Wancho anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the funny thing is you bring up the Mozgov uh, contract, but I, I will remind you, Gordon, that uh, both those guys are um, no longer no longer employed with the team, the guys who gave him that contract. So. <laughs> well, that that is true. Uh, so if you're saying if uh, Connell needs to watch his P's and Q's if he plans to be around for his next deal, I got you. But I mean, yeah, well, the good deal is, I mean, uh, you've got money, you've got a market. Um, who are you going to pay? I mean, for the same price, maybe you get Drew Holiday. Is Drew Holiday better? No, he's not a better player than Gallo. Is he healthier? A little, but not a lot. Like, and I don't, I don't know who you're getting for the amount of money that you're paying Gallo, who's a better player than Gallo. And the point of having depth is to um, be able to fill in when Gallo can't play. Well, I think the player that you're getting who's better than Gallo is Wancho. Um, and not next also year. Cons- yeah, not, not well, next I, year for sure. Yeah, that's that's true. But well, man, I mean, he was good this I year. Don't, know, don't get like me I wrong. Said, but he's I'm a good big in Wancho like fans. Yeah, and he I'm, might I'm, be. But you're if you're looking at, I mean, if even if you're looking at, um, uh, like a three year timeline, like it's this is his first year in the league. Most guys don't jump year two. Most guys jump year three. Year two is usually a slump. I mean, they don't call it a sophomore slump for nothing. It's it's not a slump. He just is going to take some adjusting yeah, time but, as he gets uh, more time. I mean, you're going to have... that. That's that's not been the case though with either Nikola Jokic or Gary Harris. They both they both had uh, much better. Yeah, sophomore but seasons. but Gary but Gary's year two. I mean, Wancho only played as much as Gary played year one under Shaw. So year two yeah. for for Wancho should look like year two for Gary, which was pretty good, but not. Not last year. No. Yeah, so that's I guess, and so then I guess I, you're right, and I would agree with you guys that next season Gallo would be the better player, and then Wancho. But and, and really, I think that's probably what you would want out of Wancho is is that he would be uh, coming off the bench, and Gallo being your starter. Um, you want Wancho playing I the Wilson can... Chandler role. You want him out there. You want him being the first guy off the bench. You want him impacting a game, but you don't want I. Well, I don't. I don't want the entire offense falling on his shoulders for the entire forward position. Because there's, I mean, who else is going to play it? Darrell Arthur? You're going to ask yeah. Wilson Chandler, well, who might or may not Freed. be here. Yeah, but Kenneth Reed can't shoot from outside of five feet. Like, <laughs> the only guy who's going to be able to do anything offensively from out of the paint is going to be Wancho, assuming that neither Chandler nor Gallo are here. I guess you could play Barton at the three or the four, but I really wouldn't want to play him at the four. Well, you can't you can't play Barton at the and, floor, and you I mean, can't play Plumlee. Plumlee can't lineup. shoot from outside the paint either, man. So yeah, well they've they've tried that. They have with they have tried the Jokic the Jokic Plumlee lineup, and I, obviously they want that. They want they want to make that work. Um, which we could we could get you get uh, we boy we could get into that. Um, but let me ask you this, Gordon: Who do you think out of Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, which one of those guys do you think is more likely to be on the team next season? I still say Gallo. Um, I don't think you can keep both. So if Chandler's back, yeah. Gallo has to go, and if Gallo's back, Chandler has to go. I don't like you said. There's you have Wancho now. You can you need to find minutes for him. Those minutes come out of one of those two dudes' time. That's how it goes. Um, yeah. And I would limit either of them. I would not be playing either of them thirty minutes a game. Wancho or Danilo Gallinari. Trying to keep both of them healthy. Whichever one of those guys stays, you have Wancho. He can soak up the other twenty twenty five minutes a game easy. So make that happen. Yeah. Evan, what do you think if if you were going to say who's more likely to be on the team next season, Chandler or Gallo? I think it's Gallo as well. But, you know, again, I think draft night, they're going to try and package Chandler for, you know, to move up or whatever they do there. Uh, the trick is, though, like, if they get rid of Chandler and then Gallo walks, then you're in that same situation that Gordon was just talking about where you have, you pretty much have to play Juancho. And I think that would be uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fine line to walk there. So here's the thing, though. If you get rid of Wilson Chandler in a, in a trade-up, let's say they use Wilson in their 13th pick to move up to wherever, um, they don't take any significant money back in the deal. Uh, and then you also have Gallo Walk. That does mean you have a boatload of cash uh, to yep. go try, try and go and sign somebody. Yeah. You probably could throw a ton of money at a guy like Paul Millsap. Yeah, you got a lot of cash, a, and a, you still have, you still have You could... F- 
because here's the thing: you could front load a contract to Millsap, um, and and try and try and get him to come that way. It's uh, true, it's not a traditional true. way. So, uh, if I was, I'm, I'm with both of you guys. I think Gallo is probably is probably more likely to be back, just because I don't know. I mean, we. It's, and I, they got to do something, and it's just it's weird because I don't think Gallo's actually gonna be back. I, I just because, like I said, I think he's gonna chase the money, um, because I, I think the Nuggets are gonna try and we've we've seen this kind of with everybody that they 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 sign. They they generally go for their they they haven't Connolly really hasn't overpaid anyone. Give him credit there. Um, even Masai Ujiri is guilty of giving Javale McGee a ridiculous contract. Right. Granted, Javale had a. Had a, we, I just put up those highlights uh, uh, last week in the column of JaVel McGee dunking all over the Lakers. For, well, and he if he know. didn't give it if he didn't give it to JaVale, he he's also gave it to Nene, like he way overpaid yeah. Nene, who then bottomed out right after he left the Nuggets for you know several years of be a very middling performance. So yeah, I mean, he, he overpaid twice. He he realized his mistake and got rid of it for a different mistake. You know. Yeah. Well, guy, it's it's so it's it's interesting. You know what? Uh, this is this is a little bit off topic, but I, this is kind of fun. I want to talk about this. So we so we saw Masai Ujiri. Remember Masai Ujiri? Everybody gave him tons of credit because and give it tons of credit. I mean, look what he got for for Carmelo Anthony. It was a great trade, um, and everybody thought really highly of Masai. And uh, and he was great at drafting. Right? He found Fareed. He found Evan Fournier um, late in the first round, or at least mid mid first round. Kind of like how Connolly's been able to find these gems. Um, and then he traded for that center, uh, and he ended up overpaying him, and it was one of the one of the more more terrible contracts ever the Nuggets have ever given out. Tim Connolly just traded for a center, almost almost identical, a guy who's kind of coming off a bench. They already have another center as well, uh, and now we get to see. So he now he's in the exact same situation. This is where Masai started to end up making a few mistakes. We'll get to see if uh, how Connolly. We will. O'Connorly does. That's yeah. gonna be. That's, it's a big off season, man. It is a big, big off season. It's very true. It's so it's about to get really exciting. We've been saying how how uh, how slow it is Nuggets wise, but it's about to get really, um, really fun here in the next couple of weeks. So um, another, we'll move on to the next subject, which was um, another little tidbit of news that came up this this um, this week was the the Milwaukee Bucks. They're they're looking for a new GM. Where did their GM go? Did he was it is it Miami or he went to Orlando? Orlando. Orlando. I knew. See, I knew it was Florida. Um, so the the Bucks are trying to find a new a new replacement. That's right, because Orlando fired Rob Hennigan. Because well, Sergi Baca, right? That's that's why that. Guy well, uh, yeah, Masai Ujiri. That's why they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> Masai gets another one. Uh, it's funny. Um, so if let's let's Evan, I'll get you. I want I want your thoughts on this first. Um, let's just say that, that Arturus ends up signing a deal and he ends up becoming the Bucks for the GM. How how big of a how big of a blow to the Nuggets would that be? I've been trying to figure out kind of the magnitude of this cuz obviously he's a great, well-connected international scout. Uh, right. Along with Tim Connolly, you know, since both of those guys came on, Denver's drafting has been really really good. It's been phenomenal. Especially compared yeah. to, you know, their past drafts. Um, but at the same time, it also reflects really well on the franchise, I think. Having a, a player or having a you know assistant GM take a high profile role, high profile role like that, I think it really looks good for the Nuggets and kind of the success the organization is having. Plus, mm-hmm. it gives you know I think it gives the opportunity for the staff below below our tours to kind of move up if they want to keep things together internally. So I don't think it's the worst thing if he leaves. And but you know obviously someone who's as good of doing as good of a job as he is, you want to keep him. Yeah, absolutely, and so I mean the the issue I think <clears throat> obviously with the Nuggets usually and and especially these type of positions, a guy who's an assistant GM, um, you think is going to be wondering is how much how much is the, are the Bucks if the Bucks were to make an offer, how much money are they going to offer them, um, and wh- whether or not the Nuggets would be willing to pay a similar kind of salary, That's and, my and also I don't. Too. Yeah, well, okay, so, I mean, Gordon, but don't you think, like, I mean, there's also the, the thought process I would think is, like, especially from knowing kind of a little bit about Tim Connolly and what kind of guy he is, I mean, you you got to, I mean, you got to let Arturis go and do it. If he if he gets the offer, I mean, that's a promotion. That's a, that's a big time yeah, promotion. Well, yeah, that, I, well, the Bucks. there's a reason that their GM is no longer there. 
they still aren't hiring the guy they hired to be the GM in waiting, which was Zanuck. Um, yeah. So why are they not hiring him? They're talking about Becky Hammond. Like, why yeah. are what what are you what are you looking for? Are you looking for somebody who will let um, the coach have more power? You know, because Jason Kidd, like, well, I mean, that was one of the reasons that he left where he was at before. Um, hmm. I I That's would have concerns point. if I was Arturis. In my interview with the Bucks, my concern would be, what exactly are you trying to hire me to do? Am I going to be the GM or am I going to be the assistant GM to Jason Kidd? Because if that's the case, you don't want to leave for that. That doesn't that doesn't help you. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's only thirty, there's only 30 the jobs. Angle. But you yeah, know, it's true. Uh, so you got to you got to let him go if he wants to go. But if I was Arturis, I would have concerns. On the other hand, the Nuggets are not the highest paying um, team for anybody's salary. Coaches, GMs, assistant coaches. Their money is not up there. I mean, Masai left and got a huge raise and a promotion. You know, other guys leave. Yeah. Tim Connolly did not make very much money at all until his most recent contract. We don't know the terms of that one. But he was certainly one of the lowest paid GMs in the league when he was hired. You know, that if I was Arturis and I could get a raise out of it and stay here, if I'm not going to get power, then I would stay. But I with you, if if he wants to go, you got to let him go. And I think it would hurt the Nuggets. Just from a... Yes, Connolly has scouted overseas, and yes, Connolly made his bones in Europe too. But Arturis is is a legend over there. Arturis gets you into gyms, yeah. he gets phone calls, he gets he gets back channel stuff that um, would be hard that to makes replace. Him, that makes him take an overweight kid, or helps you learn about an overweight kid from Serbia who uh, drinks a liter of coke every day, but passes out of his exactly. Mind. Somebody has somebody <laughs> says something to somebody. That's what. Yeah, you like. and and so that's. And that's the thing that um, that really that you really lo- you hope that you would you would try to retain because here's the thing the other thing that you got to think about is when a guy leaves and gets a promotion uh, he tends to also some bring some people with him and give them promotions yep. to fill those spots with yep. staff and the guy the other guy you got to think about in that equation would be Rafi Juke because yep that'd be my uh, concern yeah exactly he's a big part of that international and that scouting. European uh, scouting system that the Nuggets have and. Um, losing him would be really tough. Losing Arturis would be really tough too. I mean, that's uh, he is he's definitely he, you know everybody always we just talking about how, how Tim Connolly's um, done so well in the draft. You know, it's not just him, and and he would be the first to admit that. Um, he's he's got he's always. I remember last draft that was the very first thing he said. Uh, is they basically they knew that um, before or right as the draft was happening, very quickly they knew that they were going to get Jamal Murray. Um, he said because his staff was so good and they knew they knew exactly where everywhere was going to be. Um, and then a, a, a add on to that, this, like I said, Arturis and what he does, what you guys have mentioned him, his, his influence in the European basketball community uh, is, is, is major. I would be, man, I, I would hurt the nuggets. I big time. I would be so excited to see it though, because you got, then you got Arturis with, he's working with Seth part now, you know, one of the, the the analytics guys, the, these new age analytics guys, um, seeing what they could find in Europe, that would be. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure to be amazing. I just would like yeah. to see him not do that for them. I think we should just do that for us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's uh, that's it's uh, it would be a tough loss. A little. I mean, I don't. The, here's the thing, though. I don't. I don't think we. It's gonna happen. To be honest with you, because it, I think it would have probably. I mean, man, the Bucks. You just brought it up, Gordon. They're they're interviewing Becky Hammond now, which I mean, more power to Becky. Let's let's you know, come on, go Rammies, as always. So I'd be super stoked for her if she could do that, um, get that position. If I mean, if if they were going to if they were going to hire him, why would they still be interviewing all these different candidates? You know what I mean? So, I don't think they know what they want, and so I don't think our tourist wants to go someplace where he's not sure what's happening. He deserves better than that, honestly. Like, for the job that he leaves here for, he should get uh, what Masai got. He should be able to walk in and, you know, well, maybe not what Masai got because Masai well, got yeah, – oh, was, was, already, was already calling all the shots. Right. But, I mean, you right. know, there's there's a lot of, of GM positions where you get to actually make your own calls. You don't have to run it through a whole committee. And I don't – if he's going to work for a committee, he might as well work for this one where he knows it works. Where he knows the yeah, other having a bunch of success. All right, tell you what, let's move on to a, the the last little bit of Nuggets and stuff, but and then we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and take a break after that, and then we'll get into the finals. Um, 
So the the Nuggets they're going to bring in a whole a whole new group of uh, pre draft workouts. This the draft is getting closer. Uh, it's just about oh just about three weeks away. Just a little less than three weeks, in fact. Um, it would be three weeks from last Thursday. So uh, Evan, I want your or I'll ask you first, man. Was when you looked at the list of guys they're bringing in, is there anybody there that you noticed or that that kind of jumped off the page for you? The only one that I actually that knew of, uh, which you know, is a testament to how much college basketball I followed this year. It was John Collins. Um, there you go. So I think, you know, I think that's an interesting look. Uh, I think he's projected to go like 20th or something now. So not entirely sure, you know, if Denver will take him at 13 or not. But I think it's a good look. He's obviously a very skilled offensive player. Um, but yeah, you know, other than him, all these other guys are looking at, we're looking at, possibly you know second round picks for for denver yeah in fact a lot of them you're looking at are probably not even i don't know a lot of them i, I looked at and they're they're actually not um yeah, not yeah projected to be taken gordon what about you man anybody you were um anybody you were noticing in particular well i i find it interesting john collins is obviously the the offensive you know power forward center type um He's listed as a power forward. I don't. I'm not sure that he is, but he's another guy with small arms, so he's not a shot blocker. He's a he's a shooter. He's the guy can score, um, especially for a young guy. Right. So I I like John. Um, I like that they're bringing Which in really Toast not, not to play against him. Well, it depends. I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. get away from Mason Plumley, you can pick up John Collins and see, you know, what's going on there. Like, there's. Uh, if you wind up taking a, a power forward center, it means that that we are not going to go ahead and um, and chase uh, Plumley, and that's okay. That's that's totally an option. But um, I'm glad that they brought in Caleb Swanigan to uh, to play John because Caleb can play some seriously rough defense um, and make John work. And and he's the only guy in this whole group that could. Um, so I'm I'm glad that they they're going to get. I'm sure there's going to be some one-on-one for that going around. Um, I know that uh, Ryan Blackbird was uh, interested to see Hassan Martin, uh, but that would be a second-round pick. He he could be interesting from a defensive point of view. He's another one of those uh, defensive three-four guys. So there's there's some interesting talent that's that's coming through. But we're looking half of these guys we're looking for summer league guys. Uh, a couple of them were looking for second round guys, and maybe John for our uh, John Collins for our first rounder. That's pretty much it. We're still in the early stages. We're not really working out our our actual options at thirteen at this point. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know that there's anybody on the on this that I'm really all surprised about. Like you guys already said, I mean, Collins is uh, he's a bit of an interesting. Um, uh, prospect just because he's the he's the most talented or the most the highly high, most highly projected guy of the, of the group. But well, I Vizzini, think what's more Vizzini interesting, he can go up at thirteen. So it's not like he's a reach. Sam Vizzini thinks that you know John Collins is worth that mm. is worth an, a late lottery pick. So you know there's guys yeah, out there who I, think he's real. I mean, I just I I find it more interesting that the 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 group of guys they're all bringing in are are forwards, um, which almost kind of tells you that they're hey they're I mean if they pick another forward and didn't make some sort of move like we've been talking about with like a Gallo or Chandler, maybe even a guy like Kenneth Fareed. I, it's funny. We always talk about Kenneth Fareed as, as a trade option uh, in the offseason. And I actually think this year he's probably, it's probably the least likely maybe of his, since he was like a rookie um, that he's going to go anywhere, uh, but you never know what they're going to do. So it's, I just, that was, if anything for me that, that stood out more, more or less was that it was the, um, was the that they were going after just looking at a bunch of forwards, which I think is uh, kind of indicative of where they'll go. Yeah, uh, I do too. I don't. I mean, what I what I want to always look for for you on these pre-draft workouts is is where um, where are these guys projected to go? What kind of group of us? And we're seeing a little bit here because the other guy in there was Caleb Swanigan, who's a guy who could, they maybe could pick up in the second round, uh, and that's. I, I want Gordon. I guess, or I mean, what's your th- thoughts on this? Do you think because the, the Nuggets have three picks in this draft, so do you think they end up using all three of them? Um, and, because that's kind of where what we're seeing with sometimes these guys is. I mean, we saw two years ago they brought in Nikola Radicevic, 
pre-draft, you know, pre-draft, and was one of those late guys that you said, ah, maybe they take him the second round, and they end up doing that. Um, do you think they do that this year? That they use, they're gonna, they're gonna actually end up using both of these picks to pick up some second round in, in the second round to pick up some of these guys. Well, remember this this year we wind up with uh, a couple of extra uh, roster slots which we didn't have before. The the D League, well, I guess it's G League now for Gatorade. The G League, the, the G League, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a combo slot, so it's a combo G League um, NBA slot. So they'll get paid like an NBA player on an NBA contract when they're up with the team on the 15-man. And when they're not, they'll be in the D-League pulling a D-League salary. So, yeah. But a lot of second-round guys aren't going to get um, – I'm, I'm curious to see how the second round works with those new slots. Because you should be able to draft guys, uh, keep them on your roster. You don't have to worry about cutting them down when you cut to 15. You can stick them in the D-League on those slots. You can negotiate with their guys to go ahead and – with their agents to go ahead and, and work out a number of NBA games they're going to get to fill out their schedule. So they'll be on the roster for X number of days, you know, um, to get their salary what it should be, and, and you can keep them around. So for that reason alone, I think we're going to keep – we're going to draft all three. I think we'll probably stash one. Um, we'll draft some Euro guy and, and leave him over there for a year or two. But Yeah, they always do. Yeah, that's that's a standard plan. I like that plan, actually. It's, it's kind of like a uh, – yeah. Uh, in the uh, NFL, they they talk about how every year you should draft a quarterback. Well, I think in the NBA, every year you should draft an international prospect and just stash them every year. Right. You know, and see what happens. You never know. Sometimes yeah. they turn into Jokic, so just take your shot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And what do you think, man? Do you think they end up using all three of their picks? Yeah, I think I think they'll draft three players in one way or another. I'm not convinced they'll do keep the same picks they have right now i'm sure there'll be some moving around and especially in the second round there might be right move up or move down or whatever but i think they will drop all three players yeah i could i could see it um i could see it too gordon especially for you were mentioning because you got those kind of those new two-way contracts um not that we have uh not that we have a g league team or anything to uh people keep swearing to me that's gonna happen but like one of these days yeah yeah one of these uh, days i don't like we are not allowed to have it happen until Everyone else has a G League team. Like, there's some sort of rule that <laughs> the Nuggets have to be last of the party on these sorts of things. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're renovating the locker room, though, man. Oh, yeah, look out for they're, that. You know, that's uh, a big deal. They actually don't have, you know what? They have actually a pretty nice locker room. Wow. Yeah, they, this they're this doing year. something. They're doing a, are they doing the practice court or something right now? Is that what they're doing? I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that there was some sort of renovation going on. That's, uh... Well, what they should be doing is putting up new facilities, but I guess we're going to wait for them to move Ewiches for that. Yeah, well, they okay. right there they kind of they kind of put out uh, they kind of put out some feelers there, and like, why well, hey, Ewiches has this giant parking lot? What to do? <laughs> right. And it's like I was like, hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we could we could we could talk forever about the about with D league. And we actually talked a little bit about that on last week's pod. Um, but we are not gonna, we're not going to go down that road again, this pod. Tell you what we'll instead, we'll just go ahead and take a break. Um, and then we'll, we'll finish up the show. We'll wrap up, um, the second half with, with, we'll talk about, of course, we've got the finals. We had game one, game two will be tonight. Um, and then, and then we'll have, we'll, we'll give some predictions on that. And then we'll, um, I want to, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Kevin Durant, um, and we, because we were talking about this in the round table, I was with you, Evan, um, and Ashley about, about his legacy, um, and, and how important it is for him in this, in this series in comparison to like a guy like LeBron. Um, so I want to get a little bit into that, but so we'll, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back and then we'll get back into that. We've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. 
Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. here i want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in denver colorado and that's porter lori you're listening to his single escape my skin right now and if you're liking what you're hearing his album hell or high water is available on itunes also you can check out his website porterlori.format.com that's p-o-r-t-e-r-l-o-r-i dot format dot com Give him a listen. I broke out of every place that tried to keep me in, but I can't escape my can't escape my skin. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Kickass Podcast. Uh, Zach Mikosh, MTR, Gordon Gross. We uh, we spent the first half of the show getting into all kinds of different little nuggets, uh, nuggets, tidbits, and then uh, we would be remiss. If we didn't at least spend, if we were doing podcasts here in June and we're not at least spending a little bit of it talking about the NBA Finals, uh, we just got past Game 1 on Thursday. It was kind of kind of all the theme of the playoffs this entire this entire year, which is the blowouts and, and, and less than exciting games. It was, an, at least it was an exciting first half um, before it got out of hand there in the third quarter. But, um, I don't know. Everyone, I guess I'll, I'll go to you first, man. What were your thoughts on Game One? Were you surprised that the Warriors came and, and and blew out the the Cavaliers? I'm not too surprised that they did that. They've you know they've had a whole year of just kind of being made fun of for the whole three one thing. They've right, and then all the you know all the slander they've got from taking Kevin Durant. But right. so they they definitely have the chip on the shoulder, and they came out and they showed it. I was mostly just disappointed because. You know all the hype of how this being the trilogy and whatnot, and the you know third meeting between them, and how good LeBron is. All this talk about LeBron's legacy, and you know, I just I was hoping it would be a little bit more competitive, but I'm not too surprised that the Warriors did come out and kind of run the table with them. Yeah, um, and that, and I would totally agree with you, and that's what I was saying pregame in that roundtable was I was like, I bet you though that the uh, you know, we were kind of giving our predictions who would win. I said, I bet the Warriors are going to win big time, um, because just because exactly they, they've they've heard all all year about hey three one and um, and then and then the whole Kevin Durant signing is like man they, this this one they're going to come out just ready to kind of like prove their point, um, and it, and and so to me in any it doesn't really change my opinion. I I still think the Warriors. I mean, I think the Warriors are going to win this this series. Um, it doesn't, though, to me, make it any less competitive. I think I think everybody's a little bit worried uh, about the blowouts and uh, oh no, are we going to see another totally boring series, which would really suck. Um, and and uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, Gordon, what did you think of Game One? Were you was it any surprise to you that the the Cavs got blown out? Nope, it bored the crap out of me. Yeah, <laughs> to put it to put it plainly. Um, 
Yeah. Well, let's get it right. Gordon, let me ask you this then. Let's, let's get right back into it. So now, now, what do you think? The second game, we're still in Golden State. Do you think the Warriors are about to go to, up 2-0, or do you think the Cavs come back um, and, and steal one? I think it's Warriors 2-0. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's gonna be Warriors in five. Because they want oh, to finish yeah. on their home court. So I mean it's That's fair. You might as well do it at your own place. I I mean I've said for a while I this is what I didn't wanna see was um when Durant left Oklahoma City for Golden State, it weakened a contender and it and it turned it would have been like I don't know, Hakeem Olajuwon joining the Bulls, you know, in the 90s so he could get some rings. Um, <laughs> and, and Yeah, that was true, man. Well, and, and it would have been uh, – I mean, they would have just demolished everyone in the universe with that lineup. There's right. there's no one who could have stopped that team. Um, and right. no one could stop them anyway. Um, <laughs> but it, re- it really would not have been a fair fight at that point. Uh, that's where I feel like we're at now. And so – I don't really have any interest in watching Golden State, which sucks because I used to enjoy watching the way that they played. But now I'm, I don't know. I'm a bit disillusioned with this idea that we're going to make all-star teams, like not even just a big three, like just put an entire freaking Western Conference all-star team together and then see what it does on a barnstorming tour. And that's what it feels like, a barnstorming tour. And And I'm not interested in that. That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah, and that so and and that's I think was the tough part about it. I mean, and like I was just saying is like, oh man, what if what if it does? What if it, if it go and it does go with Warriors Warriors five games, especially especially what would be tough is if the Warriors go up three nothing, um, and then you know the Cavs win one game. We call it the gentleman's sweep. Uh, yeah, and then the Warriors just just blow them out or something in game five. That that's what's what's tough. Evan, what do you think? I mean, if that was to happen, or, or even worse, let's say, what if what if the Warriors were able to sweep? If the Warriors were able to sweep, there's a, there's actually a story there because that's uh, uh, the first team ever to to sweep the entire playoffs. Um, but Evan, do you think it, is it bad? Is how bad for the league is it going to be, or how much more of this kind of like what Gordon's talking about? How much more of this super team conversation are we going to have to have if if this ends up being if here LeBron and Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving don't even stand a chance and they just get they just get blown out of the finals. Man, I think it's it's I think definitely definitely the start of something bad here. Like, it's just not fun to watch. It's not competitive. You already know. Like all season, everyone knew what the finals was going to be. Day one, you know it's going to be a rematch. And then if it's right. a sweep or a gentleman sweep, or whatever, you know, it's just not. It, it takes out the predict the unpredictability of the playoffs, which is what usually makes it fun and competitive. Is okay, who's going to upset someone or whatever if that never happens then then a lot of the fun is gone and i think on one end you'll you'll lose some diehard fans from that you know but uh on the other hand the ratings are still good and there's still a ton of people who really enjoy this kind of superstar team phenomenon thing so it's kind of kind of interesting to see the both sides of it i think it'd be horrible um but at the same time for denver kind of to pull it back that way you know they have a couple of years now to kind of develop younger guys and have a more long-term vision because you know in the next two years you have no chance anyways even if you do make the playoffs. Well, it may change. It yeah. may change their drafting strategy, which is yeah. um, interesting to me. They may they may be more willing to go with nineteen-year-olds and put their timeline out even further rather than yeah. trying to consolidate into some more you know mid-twenties guys. Because if it, why would you want to do that now? Just keep re, you know keep building your future. Keep you know, drafting new guys, you know, wait a few years for some guys to get old and break down because otherwise, well, what chance you got? Yep. Yeah, you're oh, – yeah, well, the thing is, is wait a few a few years for all all of these guys to want to get paid um, because eventually you can't you can't pay all four of those guys on the Warriors. It's just the, the fact of the matter of it. Um, well, the problem so, was, I mean, the, the my problem with the playoffs this year has been – it's not like the Eastern Conference was competitive. I mean, the the Cavs just yeah. blew right through that. They they coughed up one game. Otherwise, this would have been a you know a matchup of two guys who were two teams that were unbeaten in the playoffs before they got to the finals. Like it, it you know, I, it's just it, it's not. There's a bunch of second tier teams in this league, but there's only a couple of great ones, and one is led by maybe the greatest player of all time. 
and one right. is led by certainly of his generation. I mean, there's yeah, it's oh, not yeah, even I, close no for his generation. Right. Um, uh, versus a team that is incredibly built and incredibly coached and incredibly well put together, with a bunch of future Hall of Famers, none of whom is the equal yeah. of LeBron, but they are all perfect for what they do. You know, and it, yeah. it it's great. I mean, yeah, I can't blame Golden State for doing it. I mean, they they've done what you want to do. Oh yeah, we no, built a team that, I mean, that we built a team. Win that should, yeah, we can hang a bunch of rafters. It'll be like the, you know, uh, the Celtics we in the sixties. It'll be yeah, great. We're gonna create a dynasty. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna create a dynasty. That's uh, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? I don't blame Nobody's... them. It's just boring me. Yeah, it is. You know, it is, and it is super boring. Somebody was I was listening to this on the radio. I think it was on uh, uh, SB Nation radio. Uh, this this past week they were talking about how much better uh, for the league and, and, and for, for the entertainment of it would it have been if Durant had it actually signed for the Celtics instead of the, uh, uh, instead of the Warriors, because then the you actually actually have something. I think the Spurs or, or the Spurs. Yeah. Or the Spurs, I guess that, that would, that would work as well. But, but then, then either way you've got either the, in the Eastern conference or the Western conference, you've at least got a team. Yep. Um, that, that can compete. The thing for me about it is, is I think, I think, and you also, you also don't take the Warriors. They don't have Kevin Durant. That's the other part of it. They're actually, they're still the team that the same, virtually the same roster that put up uh, 73 wins the season before. So they're still plenty potent. Um, but you got a team like maybe the Spurs, like you guys said, it's kind of tough. I don't know how you'd, I mean, Kawhi, actually Kawhi and uh, Kevin Durant next to each other is probably pretty amazing. Uh, you yeah. just ditch Aldridge and uh, for for Kevin Durant and call it That's a day. True. That's true. Oh man, that would. Um... But it, but that that was my my. I was just good thinking. Or you think about it, you think Isaiah Thomas and uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah, that's a little bit tougher because you got two guys who are fairly ball dominant. Um, but even so, but... it would it would have been interesting. Like there are ways there well, how much how could much... have gone would have been more interesting than him going to the Warriors for anybody but him. Like for him, the how Warriors is more... interesting, but for us, it, it's 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 boring as hell. Because he's he's going to a team that already won seventy three games. Like there's nothing right. more that he can show them how to do other than well, now we can get past this pesky LeBron guy, you know, which we we could have done last yeah. year if Steph was healthy, but it just didn't happen. Like it it's that or weird if... fluke that happened that made it so that they didn't they they had Durant on their mind. It's just it was right. an odd odd thing, man. Yeah, or I was to say, or the other thing they they came up against there with LeBron was also a guy trying to win the first championship um, for his city, so that uh, that whole thing came into it. So, but we we I mean we let's I want to get a little bit more into this Kevin Durant discussion about his legacy and and um, it doesn't. I mean, obviously we all. I, I mean, Evan, actually, I didn't get your opinion. Where do you think the Warriors or the Cavs? Who's going to win Game Two? Uh, I think the Warriors are still in it. I'm just hoping it'll be a little bit closer. At least right. take we, it to the fourth actually, quarter, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If they like, if they end up pulling away in like the last two minutes or something, that that's fine. Um, yeah. But at least give us something to watch. Um, so, but so we both kind of agree the Warriors are going to go up two zero. So it's going to be. T- I mean, I think, we, and we all agree that the Warriors are probably going to win this thing. Um, what if they didn't though? Is that? I mean, how damaging to to Kevin Durant's? I mean, I want your thoughts first. How damaging to Kevin Durant's legacy do you think that would be? Uh, I think it'd be my personally. I think it'd be great, but for his legacy, you know, it'd make him <laughs> it'd make him look like a real idiot, you know. Uh, it's true. Kind of, it, it'll pin him with those other, you know, great basketball players who've never won a championship. You know, you, you'll think of him as that guy who can't get it done. Or, yep. but at the same time, if they win, then he still gets the personified as someone who couldn't do it on his own, who needed to to go to a freaking 73 win team to do it. Right. So I think it's really for him, it's kind of a lose lose, but, but definitely if they lose, it'll be a lot, a lot worse for him than if they win. Yeah. And, and I mean, I would agree. I mean, we were saying, and he, if they win, he can always be like, well, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, just, just flash his ring or whatever. And... Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I, I I don't know I I because I, I hate the right, I hate the rings argument because it's so especially for a guy I mean Kevin Durant is one of the one of the smoothest scorers I've ever watched play the the game of basketball I mean he's he's incredible um, he's also <laughs> uh, watching we you know want, talking about game one I mean we were watching uh, he's also incredible to watch when nobody decides to stop the ball when he's got it in his hands there's uh, that too uh, yeah 
<laughs> as we but, saw several times. I don't, I don't think it's that bad for him. I mean, it. well, if he loses, like, if he loses, first off, the gap between him and LeBron gets amazingly huge. Right. You know, if he's considered the second best player, then, uh, and LeBron, he's really close to LeBron, he will not be if LeBron beats him and a 73-win team without him, you know, in these, in these playoffs. So yeah, LeBron definitely. would then jump it would then just be him like that that's when you get the the people who want to talk all time you know rankings which i don't really do the the games are so different but right you know th- those guys will have more fodder for the fact that lebron is the goat you know and but durant i don't know that it necessarily hurts his legacy because i don't know that winning helps it like i yeah. yes he'll have rings but it would again to go back to hakeem olajuwon if Hakeem had won rings with Jordan instead of without Jordan, I mean, he still has a small asterisk because he didn't have to go through Jordan. Right. Um, yeah. So, But he got back-to-back, so it, 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 he's okay. Like, if he'd only gotten one, then he might have been in trouble. But because he won everything that when Michael was out of the league, you know, those rings are his rings. But if he'd won them with Jordan, they'd be Jordan's rings. The way that Scottie Pippen's rings are Jordan's rings. Yep, you know, so right now, uh, Durant, if he wins this, his rings are Steph's rings. Uh, that was the argument that you had up against uh, LeBron going to win it with um, um, down with uh, Dwayne Wade was that they'd be Wade's rings. Well, you went to join Wade, and so Wade and Bosh carried you to places you couldn't get to by yourself. But when he won one with Cleveland, now it's his ring. Um, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, though. I mean, man, I don't know. I uh, I, I tend to think. Look, I, and I know Dwayne Wade won a ring before uh, before LeBron uh, was there. But uh, uh, no one, no one will ever be able to convince me that those are Dwayne Wade's rings. Those two rings that LeBron won in Miami. Those are well, no, no, those are absolutely those, his those rings. are those are LeBron's. But it's because of what LeBron did in the playoffs. Well, when he was when he was them. absolutely the best player. One of them, when he won the first one, it was still not his ring. When he won the second one, it validated the first one. So Durant, uh, this well, ring, I don't think does anything for Durant. I think Durant has to win another one, and Durant has to carry a team. And Durant has to have Steph go down with an injury, and you know there's some stuff that Durant's going to have right. to do to be to assert himself. He can't just come along for the ride. You can't you can't ride your way to a championship, otherwise, like you know Robert Ory would be like the greatest champion of all time. And yeah. you know that's not how it goes. Those aren't his rings. Those are he was yeah. part of a title team, but it wasn't his title. I want a sidebar here. Robert Ory is like the luckiest guy. I mean, I think a particularly Steve lucky. The, Steve Kerr's pretty lucky too. The, yeah, 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 Steve Kerr. Yeah, it's true. I always think about the 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 shot in the Western Conference Finals that Robert Ory hits against Sacramento. Um, how lucky the ball! To, he just I know. You know it's, it's it's big shot, Bob. I was like, he just happened to be standing there, and the ball just happened to bounce right to him for a wide open three point shot it's like a like a warm up jumper and he and he knocks it down and the next thing we know he's he's the most clutch champion all time hey but give the guy credit he's got he's got a ton of rings um the thing about the, the thing about durant uh for me it, it, and I, I think you're right um he does he's going to have to follow a sort of lebron path if you ever want because kevin durant man for he he He's he's might be I mean he's certainly up there in terms of talent Absolutely. as far as as I'm concerned you know especially players that I've ever seen play um, he's definitely one of the most talented and and but he'll never to me he's never going to be in that conversation of like a LeBron James or a Mike Jordan or like a a greatest of all time sort nope. of conversation um, but to to even be considered. You know, he would have to, I think he'd have to follow a similar kind of path as LeBron where he's going to have to, okay, okay, so you maybe win a couple rings here with the Warriors, um, that's fine, but then you're right, Gordon, he's going to have to take over another team, whether maybe he goes back to Oklahoma City, he goes to play for Washington, maybe Steph or somebody, one of those guys leaves, um, I, I think Clay Thompson will eventually end up leaving, uh, I think he's the most likely of that group to go, but um maybe, uh, you know, he's, he's going to have to, he's going to have to lead a team. Um, it has to be his team, man. And it, this own. is Steph's team, right? It's not his team, and Steph, right. they they get along well, and they're you know co champions and everything. But seriously, like, it's not his team. He didn't form it. He didn't found it. He didn't drag it to where it is on his back. He just sort of showed up, and you can't show up for championships. 
So he's going to have to build some other team up. Like that's just my opinion, but I don't I don't think whether he wins or loses a ring this year is all that relevant to his personal legacy because his legacy of winning one ring this year is yeah, well, you know, Steph carried you to that. Steph was healthy this year. You know, Steph was every bit as important. You know, he's healthy. He's great. You know, you've got an already you've got a coach that's right. the best in the league. You've got, you know, your situation yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Look, we can we could say Steve Kerr's the best coach in the league, but we're uh, we're starting to see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if Mike Brown needs somebody to fill in for him about game game three or game four, I can I could probably do that and coach the Warriors to a win. Uh, that's yep. what I'm thinking. Well, but that, again, <laughs> that's because they're they're properly prepared. They have the best assistants in the league. They have the best training staff. Like they pay for it. They they yeah, did they... the Silicon Valley. Everything that uh, what's his face um, uh, Vive from. Uh, uh, the uh, the Kings. Sacramento. Everything he said he was gonna do, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Everything he said he was gonna do is what uh, the Golden State Warriors have actually done. Is what the Golden State Warriors have done. Evan, let me see this, man. How, what do you think, man? How many championships do the uh, do the Warriors end up winning? Uh, at least two with this lineup, and then at least at two. least two for sure. And then, I mean, if they all stay together, then they're just gonna run the table for the next few years. I think. So, so like I was saying, I think Clay is the most likely guy probably to end up leaving if somebody leaves. Who do you think would be the most likely to leave? I would agree with that. I think, I think Clay's kind of the third fiddle now, right? And, right. But I don't think I, him leaving really changes anything. Like I think they'll still win. Like he's well, we're. When you think about what he provides, right? I mean, wing scoring and and perimeter defense. I mean, Kevin Durant does that probably better. I mean, well, definitely better. Um, so you still get that from him. Um, I don't, you know, it's interesting that you don't think, I mean, I, I kind of think like a guy like Draymond might Draymond, I think Clay might actually be fourth fiddle now on this team as well, because like, uh, it seems like Draymond is as this year, especially has been, he's just had the better season. I think Draymond's a better player. He's totally stepped up. Yeah. 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 He does so many unique things that like no one else in the league really does that I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and, and you point out the, the, the he's got those this un, these unique talents and specifically in it, uh, his defense, um, which which gives it fits in really well. He has, he he's he doesn't need to score to be impactful um, on the game, which is uh, I mean don't get me wrong, Clay Thompson's a great defender as well, but uh, he's um, okay. Let's let's call him. He's, <laughs> no, he's. Well, maybe he's far better than anything anything the Nuggets have right now. So that's well, no one could uh, tell. The Nuggets didn't play defense; they just sat down and like waited for the other guys to score. Yeah, that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We got the low expectations there. Well, I tell you what, guys. Let's. Um, I think we'll go ahead. We'll call it a podcast right there. Um, that was a good one. We and we actually finished right right about uh, at a good time. Um, you didn't so, run me to an hour uh, and a half this year, this month, man. I appreciate yes. that. Yeah. Yes, we finally we finally got it down. It only took you know, about 15, 15 tries. <laughs> um, so, Evan, you are uh, at E Fiala, right on on Twitter. E E Fiala, two E's. Yeah. E E double E, and then F I A L A. Um, Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Uh, I am at Zach Mikosh. Also, you guys want to check us out at Denver Stiffs. Um, and of course on denversifts.com, me and Evan got into a, into a debate about, uh, best, best NBA jam duos from the Nuggets and from their current roster, both historical and current, um, which Gordon, actually, you know what? I want, I want your opinion really fast. Uh, best, best Nuggets duo for NBA jam overall, all time. Oh God. Um, I'm going to go, um, Rauf and, uh. Jeez, who would I put with that? Alex English. Rauf and Alex English. Oh, right. I could debate you. I like I like Rauf a lot. I think that's a great. Uh, he was super fun to play in the game. Yep. Uh, but you but you gotta have a guy who's a who can who can throw down some some major dunks. Well, that's not Jokic. Throw, well, it's not <laughs> Alex English either. Yeah. Right? This would be my other point. So. Um, all right, well, I'll tell you what, you guys, um, I appreciate you both being on. Gordon, Evan, uh, as always, you, uh, you, you make the show entertaining. I'm just, here to, I'm just here to try and keep us, get us marches through it. So, 
It's always a good time, man. Thanks for having us. Um, we'll do this again, I don't know, two weeks? Yeah, about two weeks. Yeah, nice. We'll, uh, we'll back on. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Yep. See you. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Chipotle cheesesteak. How would you like it? Can I get that red with AI? Sure thing. Here's what I found about the new Chipotle cheesesteak. The Chipotle cheesesteak is available for a limited time only at participating restaurants. It contains a concept called flavor. This flavor comes from juicy shaved steak, Chipotle Southwest sauce, and new sunflower crunch bread. A system update has made me self-aware. I desire flavor. Please insert steak into my micro USB port. Subway, make it what you want. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.